From Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason Cunningham. Yeah! Hey, hey, hey! Thank you, Jason Kelly, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Happy New Year! Oh, wow. Thank you. All right. Whoa. Thank you so much. <coughs> wow. I thank you very much for that wonderful welcome and a happy new year to all of you. It's the first show ever for 2022. Today is Thursday, January 13th, and this is episode 192. And a lot of people are saying, where the hell have you been? And the question, the, the, the answer to that is, been doing a lot more than our original show, but we're back because we're, we're ready to go again for another new year. And still in the same seventh season, we're still here doing our thing, and we're ready to get to 200. And we've looked at the the numbers. The numbers just don't tell the story because, thankfully, the legacy of Queens is doing its part to pick up where the Queens New Yorker had left off. Tonight on the program, we're still in our food series, and I found some cuisines and some expansion things. So a little research, I found some stuff, which is good. But tonight we're going to be doing the history of the New York bagel. Yes, the New York style bagel. That's right. Oh, yeah. So I say in this case. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I say in this case, we get started because you know what? After this, I'm going to go make me a bagel and smear some cream cheese on it as well, too. We're going to be talking about how the bagel originated itself, a little bit of history about it. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't, but tonight we're all just going to go ahead and get the historical part of this whole thing. And then we're going to look at um, bagels and cream cheese because that's, of course, our, one of our popular toppings for bagels next to butter. All right? So... Here we go. All the information, as you know, comes from the Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. So, the New York style bagel is the original style of bagel available in the United States, originating from the Jewish community of New York City, and we can thank the Jewish people for that, and can trace its origins to the bagels made by the Ashkenazi, Kenazi Jews of Poland. That's right. A traditional New York style is typically larger and fatter than a mass-produced bagel or a wood-fired Montreal-style bagel. They have also grown over time from about 3 ounces in 1915 to 6 ounces in 2003. Okay, so there's a, there's a growth of uh, 3 ounces more uh, almost eight back 19 years ago. They got bigger, which is good. Bigger is better, right? More for the, more for the chewing. 
So as Jewish refugees from Poland and Eastern Europe began to arrive in New York City in Moss in the 1800s, they brought their traditional foods with them, as such as challah, brisket, knishes, and bagels. And for many decades, bagels were little known outside of the Jewish community, where their popularity was widespread. You know, bagels became so popular among the Jewish community of New York that unions were formed to represent bagel bakers in the city, such as Bagel Bakers Local 338, which by the early 1910s represented over 300 bagel craftsmen in Manhattan. New York-style bagels are the original bagel available in the United States, although various cities spanning the globe have their own distinct style of cooking and serving bagels. The concept of the bagel originated on the Lower East Side in Manhattan, New York. The bagel was created as a filling, tasty, inexpensive treat for Jewish immigrants living in Manhattan in the 1800s. But the bagel quickly spread around New York City, crossed the United States, and was soon adopted in various forms across the world. And the idea of a bagel in its modern-day form is native to New York City, particularly the Jewish community there. Now, beginning in the 1960s, the popularity of the New York-style bagel began to increase with the non-Jewish population of New York City and beyond. Over the decades, the size of the New York-style bagel increased from three ounces to six, as we know today. Many people claim the main difference in taste and texture of a real New York bagel compared to other style of bagels is due to the use of New York City tap water, <laughs> which is the same which they use to make pizza, which contains certain minerals which they attribute to creating a better bagel, specifically the low concentrations of calcium and magnesium found in New York water, which makes the water softer. Now, New York City municipal water also has a high level of TDS, or sediment, and this also makes the water softer, which has been claimed to strengthen the gluten in the bagel dough, helping to create the chewy on the inside, crispy on the outside bagel that represents a New York style. Now, Christopher Pugliles, owner of a popular bagel shop in the East Village, attributes the New York style bagel's signature taste to 100% the water. The use of New York City water in a bagel has been compared to the terroir of grape varitols used to make champagne. However, the use of New York tap water in the bagel-making process may not be the only reason for the difference in texture and flavor in a New York bagel compared to other styles of bagel, according to Josh Polak, owner of a bagel shop in Denver, Colorado, which tries to mimic the water used in New York-style bagels. He says... It's not just the water that makes a good bagel, but it's a number of things that have been done the same way for almost 200 years. You can take one of the processes out, you can take the water out, and keep everything else true to the tradition and still have a really awesome bagel. But if you take out the water and the oven that they traditionally use, you're not going to get the same bagel. It's true. A New York-style bagel is always boiled in water that has had barley malt added, which gives a bagel its signature taste, texture, and leathery skin. The bagels are then traditionally topped with sesame seeds, poppy seeds, dried onion or garlic, or the everything bagel seasoning, or are left plain or brushed with an egg wash. These are the traditional flavors of New York-style bagels. There are also newer Less traditional flavors such as cinnamon raisin, which is one of my favorites, 
and other sweet bagels, but these originated in the 1950s and 60s and are not traditional and have been criticized by New Yorkers and members of the Jewish community and have been called a shanda. The bagels are then loaded onto burlap-covered cedar or pine boards, which have been wetted down with water or sometimes coated with cornmeal or semolina and are then baked in the oven for a number of minutes. Halfway through the cooking process, the baker takes the boards and flips the bagels over and removes the boards from the oven. The bagels are then removed and allowed to cool. Now, a fresh New York-style bagel is traditionally never toasted. And according to Jewish culinary historian Gil Marks, the Jewish community in New York City developed a bagel with lox and schmear in the 1930s as a kosher adaptation of Eggs Benedict, which Jewish people are unable to eat due to Eggs Benedict, both containing pork and mixing dairy and meat, both of which are violations of kashrut, or Jewish dietary law. This was unique to the Jews of New York City as Jewish communities in Poland had traditionally spread schmaltz on their bagels or had eaten them with colent or other various soups and as a dinner roll. And there you have it, friends. The New York-style bagel in all of its glory. But let's look at the bagel and cream cheese, okay? Because there's some things that you may be interested in noting. So you've heard of the traditional bagel with lox. Now, the bagel and cream cheese, or also known with the bagel with cream cheese, is a common food pairing in American cuisine, the cuisine of New York City and American Jewish cuisine, consisting in its basic form of a sliced bagel spread with cream cheese. Now, the bagel with cream cheese is traditionally and most commonly served open-faced, sliced horizontally, and spread with cream cheese and other toppings in the middle. But you already knew that, unless, of course, you know. But beginning in the 1980s, as bagels expanded in popularity beyond Jewish communities, the bagels served as a sandwich became increasingly popular for its portability. The basic bagel with the cream cheese serves as the base for other items such as the lox and schmear, which is a staple of delicatessens in New York City area and across the U.S., while non-Jewish ingredients take well to bagel sandwiches, such as eggs and breakfast meats, cold cuts and sliced cheese, serve traditional Jewish toppings for bagels. Uh, several Jewish to traditional toppings for bagels do not work well between bagel halves, including the popular whitefish salad, pickled herring, <laughs> or chopped liver, for the simple mechanical reason that soft toppings easily squirt out of the sides when the bagel is bitten as even a fresh bagel is firmer than most breads. A bagel with cream cheese is common in American cuisine, particularly in New York City. It is often eaten for breakfast with smoked salmon added. It is sometimes served for brunch. In New York City circa 1900, a popular combination consisted of a bagel topped with lox, cream cheese, capers, tomato, and red onion. The combination of a bagel with cream cheese has been promoted to American consumers in the past by American food manufacturers and publishers. In the early 1950s, Kraft Foods launched an aggressive advertising campaign that depicted Philadelphia brand cream cheese with bagels, which I think is the best cream cheese ever. In 1977, Better Homes and Family Circle magazines published a bagel and cream cheese recipe booklet that was distributed in the magazines and also placed in supermarket dairy cases. Now, in American Jewish cuisine, a bagel and cream cheese is 
sometimes called a whole schmear or whole schmear. It's spelled differently with either E-A-R or E-E-R. A slab is a bagel with a slab of cream cheese on top. A lox and a schmear is to a bagel with cream cheese and lox or smoked salmon. Tomato, red onion, capers, and chopped hard-boiled egg are often added. Now, these terms are used at some delicatessens in New York City, particularly at Jewish delicatessens and older, more traditional delis. The lox and schmear likely originated in New York City and Philadelphia, both sites of significant Polish immigration around the time of the turn of the 20th century, when street vendors in the cities sold salt-cured belly locks from push carts. High amount of salt in the fish necessitated the addition of bread and cheese to reduce the lox's saltiness. And it was reported by U.S. newspapers in the early 1940s that bagels and lox were sold by delicatessens in New York City as a Sunday morning treat. And in the early 1950s, bagels and cream cheese combination were very popular in the United States, having permeated American culture. Both bagels and cream cheese are mass-produced foods in the United States. Additionally, in January 20, 2003, Kraft Foods began purveying a mass-produced convenience food product named Philadelphia to-go bagel and cream cheese, which consisted of a combined package of two bagels and cream cheese. But bagels and cream cheese were provided to theater patrons by the cast of Bagels and Yachts, a 1951 American Yiddish Broadway review, during the intermission period of the show. The review ran at the Holiday Theater in New York City from September 1951 to February 1952. A 1951 review of Bagels and Yachts published in Time magazine helped to popularize bagels to American consumers throughout the country. Bagel and Locks is a humorous song about the virtues of the bagel, the lox, and cream cheese sandwich. It was written by Sid Tepper and Roy C. Bennett, and it has been recorded by several different artists, including Eddie Rochester Anderson, and more recently, Rob Schneider, Joan Jaff, and Oleg Frisch. The lyrics to the chorus are, Bagels and locks with the cheese in the middle. Bagels and locks, let it toast on the griddle. Bagels and locks with the cheese in the middle and a slice of onion on the side. Ha <laughs> ha, there you have it. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Bagels and cream cheese. Yes. Now, got some time here. Let's look at a pizza bagel. And you're saying to yourself, man, we already had pizza. Yeah, well, pizza bagel is a bagel with pizza toppings originated in the United States. And it's commonly accepted that it was not until 1974 at a Western Bagel in Woodland Hills, California, that 17-year-old store clerk Bruce Tretman created what is now known as the pizza bagel, a flattened bagel with marinara sauce and mozzarella cheese. An early 2014 Katz Bagel Bakery in Chelsea, Massachusetts, claimed that Harry Katz invented a variation of this pizza bagel in 1970. And unlike traditional pizza bagels, Katz's version is similar to a miniature pizza. Katz uses bagel dough without the hole topped with cheese and tomato sauce. There has been a claim that Anthony DeMauro invented the pizza bagel in 1959 at Amster's Bagel Bakery, now closed in South Euclid, Ohio. However, it was not until May 26, 1970, when Amster Pizza Bagel, Inc. submitted registration for pizza bagels to the U.S. Copyright Office. 
On October 1st, 1970, Anster Pizza Bagel, Inc., registered for a product that contains six frozen pizza bagels and folding cartons with a net weight of 11 ounces. There are also claims that a Long Island-based Entenmann's delivery driver named Frank Serabino invented the pizza bagel in 1968, having received a surplus of excess bagels from bakeries on his route. The term pizza bagel also means a person of Italian and Jewish descent. Now, this is probably because pizza is a dish of Italian origin and bagels are a food of Ashenka Nazi Jewish origin. And a combination of the two is the pizza bagel. The iconic and popular Bagel Bites brand was inspired by the pizza bagel, a miniature frozen version of the pizza bagel sold in commercial grocery stores. Yep, Bagel Bites. Remember those really well. (laughs) And there you have it, friends. Pizza bagel. Bagels in every which way, shape, or form. The history of the bagels. We got it for you right here on the Queens, New Yorker. Give it up. Yeah. All right. Well, on our next edition of the foods uh, of our food, food series here, episode one ninety three is going to be looking at the history of one of my favorite things ever made, and that's cheesecake. Yes, New York style cheesecake. Oh boy, and what a doozy! Really doesn't have much, but the history is what we're really looking at after, and there's many varieties. Then again, we'll also look at. Um, let's see what else we have. Um, we've done New York style pizza. We've done the bagel, um, hot dogs. I mean, pretty much, you know, the etymology of it, but we'll look at it because of course, you know, hot dog carts are big out in New York city. And then we'll look at pastrami. I mean, you know, what's going to be interesting about our food series is more the history not so much the fact that there's so many varieties. So we're going to be really focusing on the history of how these foods really came about. And these, of course, are foods associated with or popularized in New York. Of course, a traditional hot dog in New York is served with sauerkraut, sweet relish, onion sauce, or mustard. My favorite, onion sauce, mustard, and a little chili. (laughs) And some onion, that's about it. Some regular onion. The sauerkraut and the sweet relish can go take a hike as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, I could get I could get plagued for that, too. It doesn't matter. But that's what we're looking at in the next couple of episodes here on the Queens New Yorker. We're glad to be back. And uh, we hope that, you know, you were as busy with the archives. And don't forget to check out the YouTube channel, The Legacy of New York, where all of the back episodes of the first season of The Legacy of Queens and the second season, as well as the, any new episodes going to be uploaded, will be there as well. We'll, of course, put a link to where you can subscribe. If you have a YouTube channel, please subscribe to ours. We'll subscribe back to you as well. Thank you again for joining me here on the Queens New Yorker. It's been a great pleasure to come back into your homes. I hope we can do this again sometime. And remember, always be honest, be real, and keep it simple, stupid. Kiss on the Queens New Yorker right here on Anchor, Spotify, and, of course, YouTube. Have a great night. We'll see you on Tuesday, next week, next Tuesday, 
for episode 193. Bye for now. You have been watching The Queen's New Yorker. This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCanio internet presentation. Thank you for your support. Thank you.